Alright Ethan, where are we? I headed out to Sisters from Bend. We just met with Tanya. Headed out to the cemetery. Bought a bunch of crystals and some Palo Santo. We got some stage. We're ready to go ghost on. That's right, and some mandrake root. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we just met with the uh, the two paranormal investigators that uh, this episode is about, and we are heading out to the cemetery to meet them right now. Um, they're really nice people. Um, seem to really uh, be passionate about the subject and know a lot about what they're talking about. So we're really excited to see where the night takes us. And uh, yeah, big old balls. Daddy. What am I here for? You're you. I'm doing something. I know it. Uh, I swear to God, I have had something to do here. What? You're listening to the, the Brothers Win. someone on the other side of this microphone. The person listening right now who has an impeccable body. It, is it me? No. All right. It's not you. But what it is... I mean... I mean, it could be. Is my body all right, you? What did you say? I mean, it's my... What, what, tell me about my body. <laughs> yeah, your body's impeccable. Thank you. But it's peckable in the sense that I'm going to, like, beak you. Like, I'm going to... Like, I'm going to peck you. I'm kind of into it. Game? Like, bet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No cap? No cap for real, for real. On God. On God? Sheesh! <laughs> Just gonna be an hour. <laughs> oh my God. Right. My fucking coworker today was just roasting me all day. Why? We were just having a great time. We were laughing a bunch of them. She's like, why do you do that fucking wheeze when you laugh? <laughs> what are you talking about? Ethan, tell everybody something about Tell, tell them something. Just something. Anything. Tell him something I love uh, having sex while camping because it's fucking intense. That's the joke I was trying to say last night. I made that joke last night. No. Yeah, I made it first and then you made the running one. It's past tense. I didn't hear you make it so it doesn't count. What made you think of a joke about tense then if you didn't hear me make it? That's a good point. Yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> this conversation is tense. Oh. You're tense. Also, we are joined today in the studio, also known as my bedroom, which smells moderately of sweaty socks, cum, and tobacco. And the rubber. The burning rubber. Oh, yeah. We had an equipment malfunction, and it smells like glue and adhesive and rubber. Um, wow, this okay. is just way too much of an intro. This is ridiculous. I'm not even telling the story yet. This is fucking stupid. Okay. You know, take off. But what's funny with, or strange with us, when we actually capture these beings on camera, it's almost like they want to be on camera, or they want to interact with us. It's, it blows my mind. It, 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 you know, I get more out of it when I see how it affects people. People who are truly suffering, you know, they're scared, they don't want to be in their house, you know, they're, they're literally on edge. And, and a lot of the times we find that the haunting that they're going through really isn't that bad, they just don't understand what's happening. Ethan, tell them about uh, what we did, sort of, and then where, where did we find these people, and uh, how did we like, find our inspiration? Yeah, we were just searching the internet for paranormal groups, ghost hunters, somebody that we could reach out to and talk to and get an interview. Um, Kent and Tanya from Native Paranormal were more than willing to let us um, join on an investigation, take us out to one of their sites. Um, they were super hospitable and super nice and uh, just very welcoming, and it was awesome. Yeah, we uh, were just sitting at your house doing some Googling, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we stumbled, I think you found them. You found them. Uh, pulled up their phone number. We gave them a call. Tanya picked up. 
she was super yeah, nice so on the phone really cool uh, more than willing super eager and uh, ethan made it happen he did all the text and all the legwork and um, we met up on new year's eve mm -hmm. 2022 december 31st and uh, went down to their stomping grounds in central oregon and uh, got to do a little spooky poltergeisty stuff, and it was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, we met them at their house, and they walked us through a lot of their equipment, showed us some really cool footage, um, gave us their history and their background, and they have a uh, a site out in Sisters. So the pine is a what pioneer? Pioneer. It was like Pioneer, pioneer Ridge or Pioneer. It was a Pioneer Cemetery. Like yeah, yeah right there in Sisters. Not hard to find. Pretty much everything you want in an investigation, they've experienced there, have footage and evidence, and. Uh, it's a really popular hot site for them, and so they let us come out with them and uh, showed us all their equipment and gave us a camera and said follow us. And I, I'm validated by our tradition and our spirituality when I see these creatures. This is Tanya talking. Because I've always believed any native story of creatures that they've seen or had it come across, you know, in the histories and the history books. And so when I see these creatures, I, I feel validated for my people, validation. So yeah, I totally believe that they're real. And so when I see one and I come across one, um, I just get excited. Like I start giving offerings and you know, I'm so thankful that they felt comfortable enough to show themselves to us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And what we'll do is we'll come in, we'll investigate. This is Tanya's husband, Kent. And we'll, you know, they always want answers right away. And it's like, well, we can't give you answers, really, until we investigate and I go through all the footage because we learn from the spirits because, you know, they'll, they'll give us clues, they'll give us EVPs, they'll answer certain questions and other questions they won't answer. And if you start answering or asking questions that are very sensitive about the afterlife, life and death. We're not supposed to know that stuff. We're not. We're not meant to. Don't go looking for it. Because if you go looking for it, you're going to you're going to find what you don't want. So yeah, first thing we did, we met him at the house. Uh, and that was neat. I just think it's cool that they were so inviting and really welcoming. They just opened their yeah, home so to us and brought us in and we're just super eager to talk about everything, and uh, we didn't really do, like, a formal interview process where we sat down and asked, like, scripted questions or anything. We kind of wanted it to be a little bit of a flow. Uh, we wanted it to be a little bit more natural, and, um, yeah, they were super talkative, really nice, really uh, able to articulate what they're thinking, their thoughts, their ideas, their beliefs, had a lot of answers to our questions, and you could tell they've been doing it a very, very long time, and we're... Really, really uh, that's cool what about fascinates it. Me. If this was just like a oh, you just you're spiking into red on this thing. Whoa! It does sound like Is that your cell phone doing it? Mm -hmm. Pull your cell phone in close to it. Nope, it's not the cell phone. Wow, something just came up on you big time. We'll forget to look up every now and then. I was just handed a camera that I'm now scanning the graveyard with. Looking for movement, lights, taking a look at things. So yeah, we uh, we loaded up. We went down there to the cemetery with them. We met them there, and they had to make a couple stops. And we met them, and we started the process. And 
what do you remember about the yeah, process, Ethan? Yeah, well, she like, did how did really that work? great. Um, she did her blessing for us, and she burned some Palo Santo and prayed over us. Um, so we cleansed ourselves with the Palo Santo. She did her prayer. What's your name? Alex. Alex. You cleanse Alex of all negative energy. Do you want to do that? Yeah. So then we entered the graveyard with a lot of equipment that Kent had that he had built, a lot of handmade stuff that was really cool, uh, some lights, some infrared lights, which were really neat. Um, and then we just went around and basically we had to, we went and set up everything uh, kind of in the center of the graveyard at first, which is where we did the initial part of the investigation, was we set some stuff up, we got some good interviews, asked some stories, and they told us a lot about their previous experiences there and how a lot of what they find um, they find after they do the investigation, you know, it, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of uh, interaction, like, during, like, there's not a lot of people, or, excuse me, ghosts, um, you know, throwing things and hitting people. Uh, it's usually, like, afterwards in the footage, or they review the, you know, frequencies they measured, or, or some of the other tools they had there. They review those tools and the footage and stuff, and then they see those things uh, and the phenomena and whatever they are. Uh, afterwards, when they're uh, editing and putting the footage together. I guess kind of the first thing that happened was uh, all the batteries were, were draining really fast out of all the equipment. Yeah, and the, really that could be like... like every five to ten minutes probably. Yeah, all the cameras. stack of them, yeah. And Kent was like, dude, I, I charged these up last night. These were super full before, and they were, they had a lot of juice in them, and now there's just nothing that's yeah, dead. The car size battery too had, was yeah. completely dead for the, uh, for the IR, IR lights. Yeah, the, yeah, the infrared lights that Kent had made run off of like a normal 12 volt like car battery, like a big old thing, 14 volt. And it was just dead. There was just no juice at all. It was cool. We had, we definitely had like, what could be considered interactions. Like, we, it felt like we were speaking to something with the K2 box. The batteries were draining. Like, we had stuff happen. Like, we interacted with something, it felt like, for sure. Um, but I think, too, besides the, uh, I think besides the evidence that, they, that they've captured, too, just talking about them, what I really enjoyed was um, kind of her purpose behind it and why she does what she does and why they go out there in the field and keep coming back to the same places. So when we do, like, a cleansing, um, there are some spirits who are afraid to move on. And I can hear them say um, they're not ready and, and they need help. So if they're not able to move on yet, then those ones I invite to come home with us. And then okay. um, we do, I do talk to them occasionally. We'll have a session. It's almost like counseling. Yeah. And I'll say, you'll, you know, you're ready to move on. Um, you can do this. Um, and this is how you can do it. And I'll say, you know, ask God for, for forgiveness and you'll be fine. And we practice, like, we have our native traditions and our spirituality we practice. But I also um, study demonology and, like, angels and, and different types of religions so that I can understand yeah. what or how to communicate with other spirits. She talked a lot about um, helping spirits pass on um, to uh, an afterlife, um, helping people that have that are experiencing hauntings, um, helping people clear a space, 
Um, and for her, it was really all about love and um, helping spirits pass on and just like clearing an area of negative energy and just bringing balance back to a space. Um, you would talk to her about uh, sort of like wrestling with or fighting these negative forces. And her really only response was just, it's, it's all about love and you just have to project love and bring that balance back with love. I really appreciated the positivity they went into it with. And uh, it's funny because Ken actually describes himself as a pretty like heartfelt skeptic of all these things. Mm -hmm. And he looks for the explanations, which is something I really appreciated. You know, there were a couple moments where we heard a sound or something happened and Tanya would say, you know, oh, I didn't really hear anything, but I thought I heard something. And Ken would be, well, there's a house up there. And we've heard noises yeah. like that before. Oh, there are dogs in the area. And he was looking for other explanations, which uh, just builds a lot of credibility in my book as far as somebody being open-minded to other truths. Yeah, I think that which honesty is... with yourself and with the people around you is really nice. What is your guys' opinion on, like, Ouija boards and, like, other tools? Oh, like we had, I think we got five of them, but we don't really use them. We just uh, study them, you know? Yeah. yeah. We've used them before, but not, <clears throat> like... Were they effective for you guys? Or? Uh, it didn't make any sense. Yeah? Yeah, and I think it's because of our energy, because it's so strong. So where did it come from? It just came swooping by us. And what did it look like? It was black. It looked like a black cloud. But it had these like little dot circles, and, like castles hanging off of it. Just where we are right now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it swept right by us. Um, something Tanya told me that we actually picked up on in that when we were talking to them in their house was that it doesn't really matter what your belief system is. Uh, when there are spirits like this who need help moving on or there's a haunting or there's a possession or something, it's kind of universal. And they were very accepting of all belief systems as long as the foundation was love. You know, mm -hmm. they'd say if you're, you know, Unitarian or Universalist or whatever, you know, you should have a, a, a preacher or a minister or, a, you know, a, a spiritual figurehead in your belief system be present so that you have something to ground you. If you're a Catholic, you know, you have a priest um, as long as he doesn't touch you. If you have, um, if you're a non-denominational <laughs> Christian, you have a pastor there. All those things, you know, you, you get, you catch the, the gist there. But they were very open, very accepting. And the way they spoke on their own religion uh, and their own belief system was very anti-establishment, anti-church, very anti, you know, monetary gain and really centered on community, love and kindness. And if I remember correctly, Tanya is part of the Shoshone tribe. Um, and their belief system really centered around having like, you know, the great spirit, the father of the earth um, and having these varying spirits all over the land that you can connect to. Um, she describes herself as a healer who uh, kind of her power that she uh, kind of grew up with and was taught how to use is uh, kind of like hearing. It's listening. It's hearing the spirits, feeling their presence, and being able to help uh, spiritual beings, he beings heal and move on, kind of like what you were saying, Ethan. And uh, the way she talked about it was very respectful, um, very private, uh, you know, looking back on it now, there was a lot of stuff she said, like, I can't tell you what this is. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how I'm going to do it um, because it's, you know, our tradition. It's my tradition. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we hold very dear. And they're kind of described, describe themselves as almost like spiritual um, guides or like heroes who go in and, and kind of help these spirits move on or get rid of evil negative spirits um, that are haunting. We only wish to communicate. We mean you no harm. We ask Sandy Spirits here to please make their presence known to us.
Yeah, and they're like honest, like serious dislike for other paranormal teams when they like provoke or harass um, spirits and energies, and it's they were clearly hurt by people like provoking and harassing um, these things because it's to them it's hurtful, and to them they're like people and their energies and spirits that that need help and mm -hmm. need that connection, and to go in there and just like harass and be mean and provoke and it's it's just disrespectful it's rude it's not it's not loving it's not kind it's not what's going to help anybody. yeah not at all and i think i don't know about you dude but i what i kind of saw a really solid example of that in if you compare like ghost hunters and people from like what was it called taps or yeah right? that was like and then ghost hunters all, all the other organizations that have existed or currently exist if you compare them, like, those organizations go to fucking, you know, the same mental asylums a hundred times over. They go to the same yeah. haunted houses. They go to the yeah. same castles. They go to the uh, what a Queen Mary or Queen Anne, whatever that ship is, that super haunted hotel ship. They go to all these places on repeat over and over and over again, find the same things, yeah. freak each other out, jump scares, all those yeah. things. But Tanya and Kent's stories were very unique, very singular, yeah. very uh, real for them. And you could tell that it meant so much to them to be there to help. They were telling us this one story of a gentleman who lives pretty close to Portland, Oregon, who has a very, very dark, very, very, very angry uh, spirit in his house haunting him. And they told us the process of going back time after time again, working through all these layers of what Tani was believing were these um, Native American curses. And they, she would break these curses and go through uh, these processes over and over and over again. And finally, they got it down to the point where this guy could sleep and he could kind of get some rest and not be so scared in his own home. Uh, but the satisfaction that they get from helping people like that, this guy can sleep again. He's not terrified. Like They're actually helping somebody out. Um, regardless of what you believe is happening or there, um, that guy's perspective changed on the situation. So whether the ghost is there or not doesn't really make a difference. It's the fact that what they're doing is actually affecting a positive change in this guy's life, which I think is super, super cool. Whereas Taps is in it for the money and the ghost hunters are in it for the fame and the glory and the shock value and just to be cool. Um, but we didn't really find that at all with Kent and Tanya. They were really in it to help people, which I think is just already put some miles above everybody else yeah i think it's really obvious when they're posting videos and evidence um that they're doing it to spread the word about love and balance and peace rather than trying to like look what we found oh my god this is so cool we provoked a we provoked a demon and it yelled back at us so crazy how many views can we get it's not that it's they're just trying to spread the word about mm -hmm. what's happening how we can help how to fight back with love and that's really great i love that's beautiful if, if Fear is what you're looking for. Fear is what you're going to find. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you got to, that's why I always tell people, you know, don't, uh, don't go looking for things you don't want to know the answer to. What was some of your highlights from the actual trip? What were some of the moments that kind of stood out to you the most, Ethan? I loved her talking about balance and nature, and she mentioned that, um, you know, the Father, God, um, the Great Spirit, had, when the Earth was created, that nothing or that everything has a purpose. Every little rock, every little stone, every crystal, every human, every animal has a purpose and a part in that balance. And that nothing is useless or wasted and everything belongs. Mm. I love that. Absolutely, yeah. Honestly, like I've always liked being in cemeteries and we've been in a couple at this point, mm -hmm. um, sober and not sober, doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. but we've been in a few 
this one was probably my favorite because I think it's the most time we've actually spent in one, uh, in one cemetery and hung out there. What I thought was really interesting was just looking at the headstones and reading the epitaphs on them. There was like, I don't know, it's really hard to describe, but the sense of peace you get and also kind of just melancholy, but it's almost like the sweet sadness that's happening when you walk through and you read these tombstones and you just think about the lives and the stories of the people who are buried there and what it was like for them. And, you know, if there is a spirit there of them, like why? Like what happened? And one of the gravestones uh, that stuck with me the, the hardest was one in the epitaph just read, how many hopes lie buried here? And like I had to stop and stare at that for probably a minute because... I mean, this dude died at 41. Like, it was like 1880 to like 1919 or something like that. And just like that idea of how many hopes lie buried here to me is sad, but it's also inspiring to be like, you know, don't die with all these hopes and dreams in your head, like make them a reality, which is another reason that I was really inspired by Kent and Tanya because that's exactly what they're doing every day. Because over the years, whatever happened to this land, you leave your energy behind like a fingerprint. Mm. And it, it pretty soon it starts building. So if it's constantly negative, constantly negative, then negative spirits or negative entities are attracted to that. And so when somebody builds a house on that, they start feeling repressed and sick and just not good. If, if fear is what you're looking for, fear is what you're going to find. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope that you found it interesting or at least an effective waste of time. As always, you can reach us at the Brothers Wim Podcast at gmail.com. That's Wim with two M's. For any new stories or ideas for episodes, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, thanks for listening.